the USFL Week 6 Reaction Show on the USFL Gambling Podcast, which is on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is brought to you by Edge Boost. Yes, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. Hey, this is Eric Metcalf. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Football is a unique American experience. A game described by one turn of the century critic as crude and barbaric with little chance of survival. But survive, it did. SFL gambling podcast as week six came to a close over the weekend. And I am back in the United States. As I know, my internet is fucking up right now. Um, but, um, my apologies. If you're watching this live on YouTube, youtube.com slash, uh, USFL gambling podcast, or just, uh, just type in USFL gambling podcast in the search engine. I am in Manhattan, uh, and my hotel internet is been shitty as I'm in the middle of this introduction and I see it fading in and out. So hopefully you're with us. Don't worry. I'll be back in the studio for Thursday's preview and picks and DFS episode, but maybe you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. Uh, my name is Colby swinging database dad, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I smoke and I drink and um, I don't have stress and I'm healthy. And you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon-headed, coward, terrorist pussy. And I'm after you, buddy. You're going to pay for it. Good night. Oh, sir, sir, I mean, sir, I would like to know who the hell are the best teams in the United States football league in year two is really heating up. I am Your guess is as good as anyone's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And if you're wondering who that is, I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating. Sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Woo! Body, how are you doing? And I mean, it's easy to see a tide turn because A, I want to credit you out the gate. First off, 
folks, um, I was awful. This is the worst week I've ever had in the United States Football League. I went winless, winless. Oh, oh, and four uh, this past weekend. And I will credit Patty C for being all over the showboats. I still am not like sold on their offense, but they get the kick six. They win Carnell Lake's defense looking among the best in the league or up there with the, uh, you know, the, with, with the Maulers really. Um, and you were on that me and NC Nick even stacking the money and real money. Kramer were all over the Maulers and the showboats beat their ass. Uh, I will dive more into that game in a second, but I mean, Patty C we're going to, we're going to break down all of that, but the standings right now, hilarious. We kind of thought new Orleans was the best team in the league. They've lost two in a row. And actually the past three games, their offense has done diddly poo to quote the great Jim Mora. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, we thought the Philadelphia stars were the worst team in the league. Meanwhile, they're the one seed in the North. If the season ended today, what the hell is happening in this league? Patty C. Uh, I mean, yeah, last week we had the stars as the worst team in the league. Now they are the only team that stands alone at the top of their conference in terms of standings. And probably based on that, the most likely to make the playoffs when you're going from the worst team in the league to the most likely uh, to make the playoffs in a span of like two hours or, or 48 hours, then yes, this league is very even a lot of parody going on right now. Oh, A lot of parody. And I, I was shocked on a lot of, a lot of fronts when regarding this league uh, game by game, we're going to get into all of that action. But before we do that, I want to tell you that the USFL gambling podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network's brought to you by Edge Boost. Yes, have you signed up for Edge Boost yet? If not, let me tell you that you are missing out because Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Yes, similar to buy now, uh, pay later programs, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, people, 0% interest. Uh, simply deposit funds in your account and edge boost will match the deposits. You can use twice or two times the amount of uh, funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances up to $2,500. You can add to your bankroll. Uh, my edge boost double down play of the week was the Maulers that didn't hit, but I got some good ones. I will give away on Thursday's show. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 years or older. Uh, only valid in legal gambling states. You got a gambling problem called 1 800 Gambler. All right. We are back on the USFL Gambling Podcast. And Pat TC, I mean, we should probably just jump right into this. The Maulers did not score. First off, I don't understand some of Ray Horton's strat. Like, I think he's a good coach. I actually believe he's a good coach, right? You got to start yeah. going. I, I, you got to go for some of these fourth and ones at like the 47. When you're on the other team's 47 and you're punting, I have issues with that. Um, but to be fair, later in the game. 47 is, you know, I don't know. That's right in no man's land. I, like. But anywhere from leagues, the 50 the returns like, are so huge it's like you got to go for that you know what i mean are the punt returns that huge or are the kick returns or are both no, obviously the kick returns i'm just saying like your starting field position is that you know what i mean like i just feel like you got to 
stay aggressive and go for that. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. just, just feel, but now, now to be fair, they did try a fourth and one late in the fourth quarter. Didn't work or mid fourth quarter. Didn't work. They were getting, I mean, they got shut out the entire game, but get this. They had 60 yards more offense. They were getting five yards of play. Meanwhile, the showboats had 3.8 yards of play. And mainly because I feel like Pittsburgh's miss miss field goals, but also the big kick six. Did you catch this one? Uh, Derek Dillon taking it back. Yeah. What a great play as he incredible you know, play. But I feel like they didn't like someone pointed it out online. And I thought I clearly saw him like while the ball was in the air with his feet on the line out of bounds, you know, but they only showed it as he was catching the ball and his feet were clearly in at that point. And uh, yeah, I mean, amazing return. Uh, I have no obviously video evidence to uh, fully conclude that he did step out of bounds. So when I watched it again, yeah, maybe he is. And that's like possible in football. Right? That was by like a centimeter that he stayed in bounds in the back of the end zone. Hundred nine point nine yards later, he's he's dancing. Yeah, and the Memphis Showboats have this just amazing, uh, you know, hundred ten yard An- Antonio Cromartie like touchdown or kick six, whatever you want to say. Um, the Showboats didn't turn the ball over; they created three turnovers. That's 10 to nothing in the past three weeks. So Todd Haley's offense, as, as much as it's been pretty lackluster, they're not turning the ball over and the defense has created 10 turnovers the past three weeks. Carnell Lake getting after it. Um, I kind of feel like Pittsburgh. I still feel like if they play tomorrow, I'm taking Pittsburgh. I know that sounds crazy because they just lost 22 to nothing. I still think well, I would Pittsburgh, do that. For as much as they pass the eye test on defense, they fail it on offense. They really have no weapons. Uh, Bailey Gaither, their wide receiver, was their leading rusher with uh, what five? Uh, two carries for sixteen yards. <laughs> like they can't yeah. establish the run at all. Troy Williams had a pick. Uh, Morgan, the backup, had two picks and like I don't know. They they thirty eight uh, passing attempts to how many rushing attempts to seventeen rushing attempts. Trying to get a little fancy here. Yeah, I guess why, you don't why though? It seems like there's the blueprint. If you don't turn the ball over, you're going to win. I mean, look at Memphis right now. They've won three in a row. They don't turn the ball over. To me, you pass the ball more in these leagues, the more chances are you have at turnovers. And, uh, and it's not like they, I mean, they gave Madre London five carries. Now, only 2.8 yards a rush, sure. But Groshek only had one carry. It's not like they're committing to the run with their running backs much, even though I know the running backs have been pretty, pretty awful this year. Pretty terrible. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I, I Henny had eight, eight for one Oh three. He's you a know? good one. Yeah. You got to feed him more. I mean, they love like the screen and the, and the short out game, you know, they, they just love doing that. Maybe Williams just can't throw the ball down the field very well. Um, I guess, you know, one of his throws down the field was an interception, um, or maybe this offense just isn't designed to throw the ball down the field, but uh, I don't know. They, they have nothing, you know, and, and this was like uh, we saw them playing from behind and them having to pass probably a little more and that these are the results you get. But to be fair, Cardinal Lake's defense has been pretty fire the past three weeks and 
man, one of those Williams plays, I think that was on the pick, the left or no, the right guard gets destroyed, just absolutely destroyed. Like that play never had a chance. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's always yeah, I'm key. not blaming it all yeah. on Williams. I'm just saying that they don't have anything going offensively, whether it be schematically or personnel wise, it's, it's just not happening. Well, I mean, at the same time though, you look at Memphis, they did get out gained. Pittsburgh had 60 yards more offense than the showboats. And you that's know, incredible. well, that's what I'm saying. Cole Kelly's only completed 58% of his passes last week and they still can't run the ball. Yeah. 31 rushes, 96 yards. That's the difference though, is that they, they 31 rushes from a Todd Haley coach team is, is extreme. I feel like, you know, they're dictating the pace of the game and burning that clock, even though they're only getting 3.1 yards of carry. It's enough. Yeah. It's enough. Vinny Papali had a big touchdown on like a little slant. They took for like 38 yards. I think for it in a score, that was really their only offensive touchdown of the day. The rest were field goals and, uh, and kick, the, six. The, the kick six. I mean, like I said, I, I would take Pittsburgh if they played tomorrow again, because I just believe that I'm starting to really believe though, in Carnell Lake's defense. I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, ten, the pitch ten, in the shutout will do yeah, that. Yeah. 10 straight. No, just 10 turnovers to zero in the past three weeks. And I'll even credit Todd Haley. Some, at least you're not turning the ball over. Um, yeah. Which seems to be half the battle in these spring leagues, but man, 22, nothing. I had, you know, that was my lock of the week. Got my ass kicked on that. Patty. Well, C a lot of this, I do feel like just has to do with leverage a little bit. And like being in a position where you're forced to come back because this is still a low scoring league. Like if we're looking at the scoreboards here, uh, let me pull up some of the other ones. No one scored above 27 and almost every other team in the league no one else scored above 20. This the showboats had the second highest, uh, and they didn't even score an offensive touchdown. So points, despite the incredible field position to start the drives, are very hard to come by in this league. Yeah, you're right. And uh well, especially if you consider the Memphis kick six. <laughs> yeah. You know, like uh this then it would be 16 to nothing, or no, the fifth what 15 nothing. Um yeah, it's been it's been wild, it's been wacky. Uh Patty C right now, even though Memphis is red hot, they are not in the playoffs if the season ended today. They're actually in dead last. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, the Maulers are tied. They're, now, if the playoffs started today, the Generals would be in. The Maulers and Panthers are, still have the same record as the Generals, but they are uh, the, the Generals have the tiebreaker, so the Generals would still be in. But, I mean, does this change any of your belief in, like, Pittsburgh being – a playoff contender, like a, a team that could go to the freedom cup uh, or, you know, what about Memphis? Do you think they could perhaps sneak in? Uh, yes. On both to answer that question. Um, it 100% impacts my opinion on Pittsburgh because a lot of what we were seeing was based on a, a consistent upward trend. Now you had to figure that at some point they were going to come back down to earth and that it just wasn't just going to be this, you know, astronomical rise in the Pittsburgh offense. And and that's what happened. They're, uh, they're, they're not built for coming back to. Yeah. You go down, you go down 13, nothing. That is a tough spot to put, to put uh, your offense in. Um, yeah. I get it. One of them was a kick six. I mean, what's crazy is Pittsburgh's had a decent special teams all year too, but obviously they got burned on that. And maybe you were right. If he stepped out of bounds, I, I wasn't paying attention to that, but 
You could be right there. Uh, let's talk about the next game that happened on the slate here. Birmingham 27, Michigan 13. <laughs> this was incredibly frustrating for me. I took Michigan as my live dog right before the half. So Michigan goes up. So Michigan goes up three, nothing. Then Birmingham ties it up. It's three, three after one. Alex Mago is a fucking beast. He's running all, all over the field. They score 10 in the second, uh, second quarter. So it's 13, three, but Michigan's in scoring position, like probably at the, well, I think like the 12 yard line. If I, if memory serves me correct. And you know, the offense isn't working. If you spike the ball, they kick in a dome, uh, uh, like a 29 yard field goal or something. I feel like the 32 yard field goal, something like that. And for some stupid reason, Josh love tries to essentially do like a, like quarterback and move the ball over to the hash. And I feel like they were trying to run a play, but like the look they had wasn't there. So he kind of just like freaked out and didn't know what to do. Maybe he was just trying to move it over to the right hash. Well, it was incredibly frustrating because they had no timeouts. I, I Michigan is honestly uh, like, I, I think New Jersey's the only other team you could say more that like shoots themselves in the foot to me, both those teams and they have the same record. They're not as bad as the record indicates to me. I mean, Michigan had missed field goals. I think two, um, obviously if they would maybe have made this field goal, it was like a 30 yarder. You know, or, you know, if you could just punch it in on one of these red zone possessions, it's been such a challenge for the Panthers. And, you know, they, so they get zero points there. They come out in the third quarter and score to cut it to a three point game. And then Mago and the Stallions uh, score 14 in the fourth to, to Michigan's three. But I feel like, once again, if you like just dive into this game, you know, this was a pretty even game. It's just, Skip Holtz and the Stallions capitalize on their opportunities. The Panthers did not. I mean, from a yardage standpoint, the the Stallions were getting five point five yards of play. The Panthers five point two yards of play. The difference is, is they scored three touchdowns in the red zone. Michigan only got one. Michigan also missed several field goals, and obviously the play that I'm talking about, where they never even got to attempt a field goal. I feel like this game, I should have at least covered it. Now I, I called for them to be my uh, dog of the week, but. It was very frustrating for me. Oh, that was rough. I mean, right at the end of the half, and yeah, like all the other things you mentioned, I feel like they really could have been right in that game. What was the other one? No, that was the uh but what I feel like there was like critical interceptions being thrown. Uh, I think uh, one one pick I think was and and but Miguel, you know, so football is uh, especially in these spring leagues, and this you know, is why I didn't have a pick actually. Oh yeah. I wonder okay. uh, well, maybe it was uh, a, what what was the they turnover? Didn't, they I didn't they throw one. I feel like once. there was something. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, I there think was maybe the that. wideout fumbled maybe. Maybe that was it, but my my point is is though is that I feel like these spring leagues, I don't know if they're just trying to mimic the NFL so much. Football is is easier than it needs to be. Like like they try to make it so complex. Skip Holtz he did that option read with Mago and Marable the whole game. And Marable had 18 for a hundred, 5.6 yards of carry. Mago had 82 yards on the ground and a score, 7.5 yards of rush. He also threw for uh, a buck 33. And I thought, man, he's got some moxie, man. 
He, a couple of those plays, he sat there right along the line of, of scrimmage. So he rushes up, doesn't he is aware enough to where the line of scrimmage is, so he doesn't pass it, and is able to extend these plays uh, and find open targets. And I feel like that was really the difference in the game. That and the missed I opportunities mean, by 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 Michigan. He's the best quarterback in the league to me. He didn't even uh, start. He didn't even start, dude, for this team. You know, like yeah, who is the starter at the beginning Jamar of the season? Smith. Uh, Jamar Smith. Jamar won, Smith. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I he's uh, well, to statistically backing it up. Um, let me see if I have that pulled up. He's got uh, twelve touchdowns to three picks, and you know some of the other leaders in the league: uh, Bethel Thompson, um, eight touchdowns, five picks. Case Cook is five touchdowns, seven picks. So his four to one touchdown interception ratio destroys anyone else else in the league. And like you said, he's got those wheels. He extends plays and lo and behold, uh, Birmingham is back at the top of the standings and has the biggest point differential of any team in the league. And they're looking like they figured it out again. But, but once again, this goes back and I don't know if it's just me because I prefer college football to pro football. I think skip Holtz gets it. Do they ran the same play? I feel like 30 times this game, the yeah. option read. And it's like, it freezes the defense and either Marable beats him or Mago beats him, or they go play action out of it. Yeah. So like, RPM. yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is, uh, to me, like that was all coaching that win. And, uh, yeah, Birmingham, they still might be the best team in the league, dude. It's I'm, I'm very compelled. I think this year is more interesting than last year for the United States football league, because I, 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 you know, you got the adversity that Birmingham's dealing with, with losing, Vic Bolden and then, Mar- you know, Marlon Williams for the season, Jamar Smith for the season, Scarborough hasn't played. Uh, yeah. Scooby Wright's been dinged up. They've had so much adversity, but here they are four and two and, you know, Mag- finding Mag- the way, yeah. you know, Maribel finally cracking a hundred. Uh, the offense is, they're starting to get it figured out. I mean, they had that, the most points of any team in the league this week. Skip that was, and that was just simple. That's like, like I said, like, I feel like Pittsburgh should just be looking at what skip Holtz does and be like, Hey, we have Troy Williams and Madre London. Let's just do this every single week. You know, and yeah. it doesn't need to be some super complex thing. <coughs> Call me crazy, but uh, Patty C I'm curious. I know we got to do our power rankings uh, with NC Nick here, but I am very curious to see if you think Birmingham is the best team in the league. Do you want to reveal that hand right now? Do you think they're the best team in this, in this league again? It's tough because uh, the gamblers with uh, Thompson are winners of four in a row. They're four and with them. Oh, and two without him. And he continues to ball and be a difference maker. So, you know, it's not like uh, the, his impact isn't being shown on a weekly basis. Even this game, they really tried to bottle him up and uh, he still kind of, you know, got his and had a, had a big impact was a difference maker. So um, I don't know. I, I, I'd be lying if I had a, a real idea yeah. of who's the best. You well, know? I just went zero and four, so I should just shut the fuck up and just try to figure <laughs> this out. Uh, folks, uh, before we get to the next two games, one of them with Mark Thompson, that Patty C's alluding to, uh, want to tell you that the USFL gambling podcast is brought to you by shady rays and shady may. Yes. Shady rays is teaming up with SGPN for shady may. Not only do you get an amazing 
50% off, but you also get a chance to win $500 of uh, cold hard cash. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much, much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for all those outdoor adventures that you plan on going on this summer. And look, they have the best deal. If you lose or break your pair of glasses, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair and get and get this, no questions asked. Yeah, that means you could be having a big-ass bonfire and you had one too many Jaeger bombs and you just decide to throw your glasses up into the fire, right? Well, then the next morning you wake up, you realize what a fucking idiot you were the night before, and then you go over there and you see your old bonfire from the night before. All right, hopefully you didn't kill anyone, like uh, that Netflix documentary where they had maybe some bone fragments. But anyway... Uh, you, p- you pick up, you pick up making a murder. That's what I'm thinking of. You pick up those, uh, those old glasses you, and you say, you write an email over to Shady Rays or you contact them and say, Hey, you know, broke my pair of glasses. They're just going to send you another one. No questions asked. You don't have to tell them that you're a fucking idiot. All right. So that's a great deal in my mind. So, uh, yeah, check them out. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that promo code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. And remember, May is almost over. So make sure, make sure to take your receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500 of Shady May contest, baby. Hop on over there. And remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. All right. We are back on the USFL Gambling Podcast. Patty C, uh, my terrible weekend continued <coughs> as I continue to cough. I don't know what's happening to me over here, uh, but uh, the breaker, breaker one twos, man, you know, this was a crazy game because if you watch this game too, and, and shout out to Bart Andrews, cause they're just figuring out ways to get this done. They actually yeah. showed up on offense. Now the stars offense last week against the generals, was terrible. Somehow they found a way to get it done. But this week, seven yards of play, they really put the kibosh on, uh, on the breakers offense, which I, I read a stat. I wish I should have pulled this for the show. The past three weeks, the breakers offense been terrible compared to the first four weeks. People are figuring out McLeod Bethel Thompson and the break of break of one, two. West Hills a little bit, even though 74 yards is a decent, you know, rushing routing. It's not what he was doing. Yeah. And to me, the big play, obviously, to me, the game, the the difference in the game was the pick six. The pick six was uh, everything. Yeah. Yeah, That's it, such a huge play in a game like that where you're both struggling. Um, and, I mean, the Stars' offense didn't score. Yeah, you know? those field goals. They got their kicker, but they had they created two two turnovers on defense, uh, two picks, and one of them being a pick six by the stars and, and don't look now, but McLeod Bethel Thompson, even, you know, one touchdown, two picks. That was pretty much the difference in the game. The stars defense showed up to play and I was surprised they didn't have, uh, they, they didn't give up, you know, at least a hundred to Hill to, to West Hills, but, um, Matt, Matt Colburn, let's give credit to the, uh, the rushing attack of Philadelphia. Matt Colburn had a 25 yard run, which is longer than his, uh, highest, rushing output in any game this season in one single play 62 yards on the day. That's more what we're looking for. Philly dude. I'm convinced he's actually a good running back and they just, they just have terrible run blocking and 
they don't commit to him that often. I when I when I watch him on screen, he pops to me. I'm like right through running backs. Yes, I'm like he's better than. I, I don't understand how he's not uh, putting up like seven, at least 75 a week. And I'm like, I get it. Their run blocking has been terrible this year, but like if I'm Matt Colbert, you might want to switch. You might want to hit the, hit the, you know, trade me to another team here because yeah. I think he's good, man. I think he's a good back. Um, he's 11th in the league in rushing right now. Uh, who uh, I'm going to rattle off these 10. You, uh, you, you let me know if you think he's better than some of these guys. West Hills, probably not. Maybe. I'll tell you, I uh, to me, he. I don't want to say he's better than the league's leading rusher, but he's got there more. Are, there are times where he pops off screen more to me, and I think he's a very good running back out of the backfield as well. I would love to see him in like Skip Holtz's offense. Uh, I think that would be very exciting. Um, yeah. But anyway, continue on. Use him properly, Darius Victor. I think he's more complete than Darius Victor. Darius Victor's not as good out the backfield. Matt Colburn is a guy that can beat you in many ways. So, but but, but Victor yeah. is so much more effective between the yeah. tackles. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Mark Thompson, you have to say no, right? No. Right. Uh, CJ Marable. I think he's better than CJ Marable. They're comparable, but I think you're right. I think he's probably a little better. Uh, Reggie Corbin. See, I like Corbin. I like Corbin. They're just, I feel bad for him because I feel like they're very predictable on offense. Yeah. But I, I will say Colburn does kind of pop. I think he's more complete than Reggie Corbin. So I'll say yeah. he's better. Okay. And the, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, there's only, there are three quarterbacks that are ahead of him in rushing. So he's actually the, uh, the ninth leading rusher in the league uh, uh, from running backs. Uh, Scott from Michigan. Um, forgetting his first name. Uh, Stevie Scott from Indiana. Yeah, he, he's he's pretty solid too. Michigan's got good backs, man. And yeah. you know, it it's just interesting that to see that uh, you know the stars are now in first place, man. I like Case Cook is by the way. Did you see living on the edge, man? Living on the edge. He throws. <laughs> Dude, he did the ultimate cha 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 pass. He did like a no look, falling out of bounds. That got picked. Oh yeah, and and oh, he, he didn't, got picked, right? Yeah, and he did. It didn't get. He didn't get burnt on it because they missed the field goal. But, ah, right. But man, uh, you like throw it over his shoulder or something. Yeah, and and then he threw in the double coverage with like oh, two minutes left that almost gave the breakers the comeback win. Um, cookies. But hey, man, they're in, they're in first place. I I'm shocked. Well, Andrus, uh, I'm starting to believe is like actually a pretty, pretty well, decent coach. Well, Even no, we said this last year. I mean, this is a guy that's coached everywhere. He knows how to adapt. Just like we yeah. said, Skip Holtz. One of the the benefits of college football is that you constantly have to be adapting your roster. And we feel the same way with Andrus. He has a college background, a pro background, but spring high school, um, D three. You know what I mean? Like all over. So. Uh, I believe the guy can flat out coach. The defense has gotten better over the past couple of weeks. And well, this this goes back to our old argument over uh, what makes a good coach. You know, a, a, a well oiled machine on offense or defense, or a dude that finds ways to win games. You know, I think he had that last year, throwing the ball all over the place. Now he's doing it. He's winning a different way, just finding a way. So that's being able to do both probably means he is a pretty good coach. Yeah, and and. 
I don't know what it is, man. If you're a breaker fan, I think you got to be a little nervous because I get it. They won one of those games, but one and two in their last three, they've lost two straight and the offense has been terrible the past three weeks. So are, have they been figured out? Patty C is the question. Nah, I mean, I think they still have a balanced uh, quarterback and run game situation. I think they're still from a, you know, a construction, a team construction standpoint, pretty well positioned. You know, they got to figure out some tweaks, some things to, you know, maybe the other teams have caught up to them a little bit, but I still think they're fine. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I feel like Houston's playing better than them right now. And I feel like if you told me right now, since they all have the same record in the South, I feel like Birmingham and Houston probably going to end up at the playoffs. New Orleans, not, I don't want to overreact, but that division's really loaded. Another thing is Memphis keeps winning. Who knows what can happen? Patty C, uh, that this is the most frustrating game of the of the week for me because yeah. I took the generals. I did not know Kenji Bahar was going to play. I had, heard, I had heard well. Even a bigger factor was that I find out on Saturday morning, uh, or no Sunday morning, I believe that Kyle Laletta Cheese is going to be starting, and they benched DeAndre Johnson, and I'm like, why? Look, I get it. DeAndre Johnson wasn't throwing the ball all over the field, yeah. but they're not, he's not why they lost the week before that was because Darius Victor had three fumbles. Um, I, I have issues with it, man. And, and Laletta cheese sucks, you know, one touchdown, one interception. And even that touchdown, they were down 20 points. He struggled the whole game until the fourth quarter when the defense got a little more uh, open up in that prevent uh, Darius Victor, just 10 for 38. Trey Williams, four for 14. I have issues with Mike Riley doing this because I truly believe they are much more dangerous on offense with DeAndre Johnson at quarterback. Of like, course. What He's are you like, doing? He, he wasn't injured, man. He benched him on and, and didn't play him one snap. Yeah. Dude, you have to, if you have a dude of that level of athleticism at quarterback, he may not be cranking out the passing stats you want, but understand like the, the, the multiplier that is to the offense to have a quarterback with legs because you stretch the defense horizontally uh, at the line of scrimmage by like bootlegging him, you know, you're able to run different plays and that opens up the passing game. So even if he's not, you know, generating a ton of passing stats, that's probably because you're running the ball more with him. You know, most of the time quarterback dude, right. Riley cost him the game. In my opinion, like, that that offense did nothing. They were getting shut out. It, like I think two minutes into the fourth quarter. So don't be fooled by the final score. When you see 16, 10, that was bullshit. Like the gamblers dominated the game because the generals could not move the ball. Bahar's back. And look, Bahar's doing the same thing that I was, t- I talked about uh, the past three or four games that he started. He hasn't turned the ball over. And that, I honestly think that's the key to winning these spring games. Don't turn the ball over. Bleed the yeah. clock and play good defense. Mark Thompson had another rushing touchdown. Uh, also had four receptions. The guy's a fucking beast. Yeah. And the defense played well. They had a big fourth down and two stop against Darius Victor. Um, this game frustrated me though because I I I didn't know DeAndre Johnson wasn't going to play. So like, I didn't know that they were just going to randomly bench him. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what happened yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. And then I also didn't know Bahar was going to play. So it was like. 
Okay. That's just spring football, bad luck. But at the same time, moving forward, I think Dakota pro cop is better than Kyle Laletta cheese, putting <laughs> Laletta cheese in there. I'm, I'm now very weary of the generals and I have a, I have a future on them, which is pr- is pretty devastating, but Patty C, uh, I mean, you think New Jersey could still be in the freedom cup? Probably. Right. I do. I think, um, who's the receiver, uh, the little, little squirt, uh, Eccles looper. No, not Eccles looper. He's kind of, uh, he's got some legit size Eccles looper Warren. Um, let me go find. Oh no. The, the, oh yeah, dude. Warren Newman, five for 55. And he, you know, he, he, he was dinged up a lot last year. It's great to see his success this year. Dude, they just, they're so well constructed as a team. Every player on their team is like, that is a prototype of a position and you can do these exact things with them. So it makes them so versatile that when it comes time to play a tight playoff game, they're going to have the weapons to be able to compete. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's amazing that they're two and four. I I really believe. And once again, another one score loss, but I, this is one where I put it on the coach. I don't put it on turnovers. Like they 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 have a way of shooting themselves in the foot. Whether it's Darius Victor's three fumbles, uh, the you know DeAndre Johnson didn't get the touchdown in the in the Birmingham game, even though I, it was a touchdown in my opinion. They they've had these like kind of self inflicted wounds. I feel like they should be better. They they dominated some of these games, and here they are two and four. They're still in the playoffs if it started today, but they don't look very good in my opinion. So. Patty C, I guess here's the question. A little down on old Mike Riley, huh? I well, I didn't like this last year when he did Luis Perez and DeAndre Johnson back to back. Now it worked out for him, but I still thought like it's a bad both approach in general. Well, I just thought both didn't need to be benched at any time. I thought both were playing very, at a very high level, and I'm like, what's he doing? Um, but it worked out for him because those guys are both pretty good, but you cannot tell me Kyle Laletta cheese should be starting over Deandre Johnson. I will never buy that in, <laughs> in, in any league of football. So um, uh, let, let, let me, get, let me give a little shine to a couple of defensive players uh, to Zeno, who I think might've been leading the league in tackles for Pittsburgh cranks out another 16, in, uh, including 11 solo tackles. And then who is the other stud that uh, just absolutely went off? Um, which, which game? I mean, there, uh, there was a couple guys, the Maulers, the Panthers, Ginda had uh, 18 oh, tackles. He's player of the week, defensive player of the week in the USFL. Okay. And then speaks the, uh, the Ole Miss player who uh, waves at the camera, 12 tackles. So he might be, uh, he might be still trending for league defensive MVP. Yeah. I mean, I am dude. I actually think this week is the, is going to be the best week of USFL football. It's I haven't even peaked over forward. the past two years, over the past two years, since they've came back. L- let me read off the lineup here. Saturday, you got Birmingham taking on new Orleans in uh Penetrobe stadium there in Birmingham, right? Oh, love it. Well, what uh, this is huge because I feel like if Birmingham wins this, you know, that's going to be a game lead. There's only going to be three more weeks after this. Um, there's a huge game on Fox going on. And then the, the nightcap is the battle of Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia stars, Pittsburgh Maulers. Maulers could get the one seed if they win this. So yeah. every game is very critical this weekend. Then on Sunday, you have, 
Wait, and what? wait, have the Maulers already played the Stars? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like the Maulers are the exact team that would give the Stars trouble. Hold on, let me, uh, let, me let me let me pull back. Let me look. Um, they did, and they beat them twenty-one thirteen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They are gonna fuck with them, dude. They're gonna win. I bet you they're gonna win. <laughs> um. Then you have on Sunday though, gamblers showboats where if Memphis wins this, they, they might be in the playoffs because hey, no, they will be. I think they will. It depends. So new Orleans lost to Memphis, right? So if Birmingham beats new Orleans and Memphis beats Houston, the top two seeds in the South will be Birmingham and Memphis. Yeah. Interesting. Then you have a scenario also where although if that were to happen, you'd have one five and two team in Birmingham and three four and three teams below them in but the breakers. Memphis would have the tiebreaker, I believe, since they beat the gamblers and the breakers. And the breakers, gotcha. But then you have Michigan, New Jersey in the nightcap on FS1. And by the way, the gambler showboats is US is on USA. So only one nationally televised game this week, as far as like on the local channels on Fox, but um, Panthers generals are the same team to me. They, they've been, you know, shooting themselves in the foot all year. Whoever wins that is going to have the inside track on making the playoffs. Every, all four games are actually really appealing to me. I think it's the best week of USFL football upon us that we've had in, in the year and a half of the, the bring back of the United States football league. So I'm agree with you. what game are you looking forward to most? Uh, I guess you gotta say uh stallions breakers, right? I think so too. But uh, I mean, stars maulers is fun. Stars maulers is fun, but I think you're right. Stallions breakers. They- I mean, we're not, uh, let me see Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning kind of guys, but these are the two best quarterbacks in the league. I think. Yeah. Oh, I, I, oh, I just think you have like everyone had the breakers ranked number one in their power rankings for the past, like three or four weeks. Yeah. Birmingham won the the championship a year ago. They've been battling injuries and they seem to somehow start to to look better and better. Um, And yeah, you got this. And those are the two teams that played in the playoffs in the South a year ago. So should be very compelling Fox four o'clock Eastern time. Uh, one o'clock Pacific time. Tune in, folks, and look. Remember Thursday, I'll be back in studio. So come check out the USFL Gambling Podcast live as we do our preview picks and uh, DFS. And uh, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter at USFL Gambling, and make sure you subscribe over on uh, YouTube. Not enough subscribers on the YouTube channel. Get over there. Let's do it. go. Let's get. It going, folks. This season's heating up. Uh, give Patty C a follow on Twitter, Patty C831. Give myself a follow on Twitter at the Colby D. We also host the college football experience. We've been doing that shit for years. So subscribe as that, you know, offseason continues to inch closer and closer to August. We're breaking down all 133 college football teams with a solo podcast, just like we do every year. So check it out, folks. Check out the sports gambling podcast is obviously. NHL, NBA playoffs, all that good stuff. A college baseball experience. Um, Noah Beanick and myself host. Uh, that season's really starting to heat up as well. So check out all those. Get the SGPN app for free in the App Store or Google Play Store. You'll get access to all of our articles. Sometimes you might not even catch some of the USFL content 
that we got going out there at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So check that out and uh, hop in the discord, talk a little spring football with us. All right. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord. And uh, yeah, until Thursday. All right. Uh, We can't wait for this shit. So until Thursday, this is the USFL gambling podcast. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here. On the street, then tip your hat his way. You'll notice where he's headed and which game he's gonna play. He's a sharp shooting gunman and always aiming high. To win any gunfight, his limit is the sky. We're the gunslingers from San Antonio. We're the gunslingers on the road or at home. Remember the Alamo, for such as we are known. We're the gunslingers. Set it home. Oh, oh, oh.